welcome to the Loki field, where we're all about violating the minds and inner realms of our guests to talk about love, life, and geekery. Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Loki field. Tonight, Zach will be joining me for an episode where we deconstruct humor and wit. So, hi Zach, can you tell us a little bit hi. about- Hi! Hello! Hello, Miss Loki. What? Oh I love, I love your, your different voices, so. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> deconstructing humor, yeah. All right, um, a, little, a little about myself. I'm a, I'm a voice actor, I'm an event host, I'm a photographer, and I do a lot of freelance stuff. I do anything for cash. So, so there. Sounds like another profession I know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, okay, so tell us about like maybe humor and comedy. How do you do it? How do I've I do you this question before? Okay. Because, yeah, you've asked me this question, and it, it, I've never arrived to a very, uh, what do you call that, a very consistent or a very solid answer. Because comedy and humor is very subjective. It's not a one-shot thing. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't affect everyone. So, mm. um, I think, for me, in, well, for me, what I do is... The comedy and the humor that I, that I enjoy is something that I really that makes me laugh and makes me enjoy myself. Because first and foremost, I mean my 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 style of comedy and my uh, type of humor is geared towards myself. I'm the primary, what do you call that? I'm the primary consumer of my own content. <laughs> so if it doesn't make me, it, if it doesn't entertain me, um, I'm not gonna use it. To try to entertain anyone else, basically how I view comedy and humor. But as Becky laugh, I, I, I'm not going to use it. Yeah. You mentioned something about like rhythm and stuff. Too. Oh, rhythm. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So I believe that um, like any uh, like any what do you call it? Like any effective um, type of speech and jokes, particularly, they have a specific uh, flow. Like, uh, like for story jokes, uh, you you use you use um, what do you call that? What's that term? There's a specific way to deliver lines. There's a specific way to deliver lines. You deliver it softly first. You build up. You mm. build up the. Uh, you build up the. Uh, what do you call it? expectation? You can try to um, uh, try to hook your audience with uh, how you try to hook their interest, and then boom, you use the punchline. <laughs> and the rhythm is, it's like using a, it's like playing the drums, right? Um, you've seen soldiers march along the beat of the drum, and that's one way of that's one way of trying to get your audience to be in your frequency. It's almost you, like poetry. It, it, 
it actually kind of is, right? Because it's, because it's 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 something that speaks to you, but doesn't speak to everyone else. But just like poetry, um, a section of humor and wit and comedy is putting some lit- <laughs> good literature out there and using it to make make uh, make fun of the situation or elicit laughter. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Can comedy be learned? Comedy? Can comedy be learned? I've I've heard of people studying. I mean, uh, uh, there are classes. There are classes for for comedy. But uh, I think I believe I believe it can be learned because just like just like any instrument, if you've if you've understood it. If you if you understood the why and the how, you can usually you know maximize your skill to play that instrument. And just like poetry and just like singing, comedy has its quirks, and learning those quirks are essential. And there are a lot of people who teach these things. Theater teaches comedy, in a way. For the life of me, I can't be comedic. So like. What would you tell me, like the first? No. <laughs> you not comedic? Are you? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I, I still I don't consider it comedic. But like, if someone like me who wants to learn comedy, how how do I, 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 I get back? It's. I think I think people have their own natural way of projecting comedy. Some people are effective at doing awkward um, comedy or mm. awkward humor some people are effective at doing uh, or, or, or uh, making you know those grand gestures uh, like uh, showmanship there's, there's <laughs> some people are good at showmanship in their in their humor they make it grand they make everybody see it they make everybody know mm. that they are funny but a lot of people they're uh, they have this uh, for the last decade, I think awkward humor has been on the rise because it it it's, it it looks more natural. You make it sound <laughs> like an art form. It kind of is. I mean, it's it's especially if you're aware of of what you're doing. It kind of becomes sort of an art form because you want to be effective at it. So just like any art form, you want to be good at it. And if you're aware of your humor and wit, you want to develop it further. You want to make more experiments and hit the same, um, have the same hit points, right? So in a way, yes, it is kind of an art form. Where do you get inspiration? Inspiration? Yeah, for both. Life experiences. <laughs> this, this, this is why um, all the crap that happens to you every day uh, th- there's a reason why the, these things happen either you uh, wallow in, <laughs> some people wallow in it <laughs> some people uh like me I, I list them down and try to make fun of my own situation self-deprecating <laughs> humor yeah uh, yeah there there this self-deprecating humor yeah there's 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 been a all that uh a lot of people have been telling me that self-deprecating humor is something that I shouldn't be doing. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
I realized that my type of humor is for me, basically. It's for me. Now, I'd, I'd rather make fun of myself than make fun of others. And if others appreciate how I make fun of myself, that'd, that'd be, that's a plus. <laughs> that'd be a plus. <laughs> but yeah. I don't really, I don't really make fun of myself and you know, like, bury myself six feet under. No, I try not to. I wouldn't be able to climb out of that hole. <laughs> and I'm too lazy to dig six feet under. But yeah, I, I, I do try to make fun of the situations or stuff that happens to me. Yeah, I was watching an episode earlier today where uh, there was this comedian who quoted Chris Rock they said that when Chris Rock is on stage he's a different person than he is in real life like comedians have a way of taking something that's horrible like they're the most like when you look at life it's so ironic they take that irony and they turn it into comedy so the things that are yeah. super horrible or super sad or super invasive they take that and that's what they work with so it's that's just, true that is true. For professional stand-up comedians, it's 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 very important for them to process experiences because they have a different what do you call that? A different um, pipeline. They use any experience they have, or secondhand, or secondhand, or thirdhand experience, and make it make it their own and make it more enjoyable for the crowd, no matter how crazy the content is. What do you mean by that? There are situations that you shouldn't be made, you shouldn't be laughing at, right? Mm. Being PC and all, there's there, there's been a massive um, wave of politically correct um, um, uh, issues for the past few years. And comedy has been on the decline because of this politically correct issue. Because back then, you can make fun of anything and get away with it because you're a comedian. It's what you do. But now people get, you know, people get offended. People, people don't take stuff. I mean, people take things seriously. Mm, and like it's, Joker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why so serious? Why? Why so serious? <laughs> And there's there's so many there's so many situations um, like very bad situations that good comedians can really mold and make it into something laughable. And that's actually that's actually a skill. That's a skill, and and it's better to do it in good taste. I mean, it's a it's a it's a really really good skill. I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a god level skill to turn any crappy situation make it laughable in good taste. And the, and that's where a lot of people or um, comedians or you know, just general people have problems with because sometimes they're not really connected with the audience or with their crowd. We, we all have that friend who try who tries to make fun of situations and falls flat. <laughs> we all have that friend, <laughs> and uh, um, for, for for professionals, that's that that means uh, that means having a career or ending it. 
on that performance. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's it's tough. It's tough. And if you don't have that friend, that person is you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wow, wow, that is a revelation right there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so since this is a geeky show, like, is there any like superhero or supervillain that would embody comedy for you, or who you relate with in any way, shape, or form? Well, I like well, <laughs> comedy in 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 comics has been a very uh, what do you call that? Um, it's been a staple hmm. for comic comic book heroes to have a little bit of humor. But there's one particular character in comics that was written to be serious really dead serious but comes out really funny okay <laughs> what are you talking about and that's dr doom oh one of my favorite dr. villains doom. yeah dr doom he has a lot of funny one-liners like <laughs> he's <laughs> in his world it wasn't supposed to be funny coming from him it's not supposed to be funny but as a reader uh, and after seeing, uh, or, or after seeing the context of the line, it actually sounds funny. There's <laughs> mm. plenty of uh, one-liners. Great. Let me, uh, let me get one. But yeah, I relate with Doctor Doom. I have similar humor to him. Like I'm being dead serious, and people find that comedic. So. Yeah, he, ha he has plenty of puns. Actually, in a way, he has plenty of big puns like uh what's this uh like this one my greatest flaw i surround myself with idiots <laughs> <laughs> that was one that was a major line from uh oh. <laughs> dr doom yeah and uh, this one from uh from uh the comic the, the comic series where he became sort of a god Mm. He's talking to Valeria, another character, and was saying, I was a god, Valeria. And? I found it beneath me. <laughs> I did not read this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, even being a god was sort of beneath, beneath him. <laughs> so, so, okay, okay. This was also uh, in the series where he killed Thanos with just one punch. Wow, so, I missed uh, out on this. Yeah, there's, 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 there's so many one-liners for Doctor Doom. But Thanos is yeah. comedic also, and he doesn't mean to. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. That's sort of the same way because they feel like they're, they're so invulnerable to anything that they can use corny one-liners. <laughs> No, and they're serious in their delivery. Like they feel it. They yeah. Oh, their soul. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. So, yeah, I love both of them. There's this one fact. Fact about Doctor Doom. In most Marvel comics, Doctor Doom is portrayed as being the absolute monarch of the fictional country of Latveria. One of the things Doom did while leading Latveria is create his own national holiday called Doomsday, <laughs> which is celebrated on any day he feels like it. <laughs> so, so imagine that. Imagine, imagine a ruler just like that. He's mercurial. Right? Yeah. 
yeah, I love I love Doctor Doom. How about like as a hero? Is there any heroes you as find? As a hero. As a hero. I'm not really fond of heroes that much because they feel like they they, they, they feel like there's less one dimensional. Well, unlike unlike recent years, I mean, they 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 made they made Tony Stark. They made Tony Stark um, um, an alcoholic, so that made that gave him more dimension. <laughs> um, Captain America had his um, Hydra um, a stint, and I uh, think that even that wasn't a, enough to give him dimension. Oh yeah, that wasn't enough. Yeah, that wasn't enough. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, heroes are usually one-dimensional. Anti-heroes are more interesting, and Doom is an anti-hero. Doom is sort of an anti-hero for me. How about so, Joker's um, humor? Oh, Joker's humor—that's that's that's more violent slapstick, if I'm not mistaken. I can't really classify it formally, but I think that's yeah, violent slapstick. You would be more yeah. of a fan of. Doom and Thanos versus Joker. Yeah, because for Joker, it's it doesn't make sense. I mean, he he wants all, all his humor makes sense to him and to him alone, or mm-hmm. for Batman because he wants Batman to get it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've never seen Batman else. All oh, there there was a there was a part there was a part I think in Justice League Unlimited or. Uh, an 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 animated feature. Ooh. There was a part where Batman laughed and it unnerved Joker. Uh, was it supposed to be a joke? It was part of a joke, and it unnerved the Joker. <laughs> okay. Batman laughing unnerved, unnerved the Joker. Joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you when you do the least expected. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> and Batman's so predictable. So, yeah, exactly. Batman's so predictable. Laugh. It's 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 a, it's a funny laugh coming from Batman, especially from the voice actor who looks dead serious in every time he delivers the lines. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I can imagine. So yeah, I think it's the intellectual in you that's like almost a connoisseur to humor. I guess, yeah. I guess because I, I woke up. I woke up with slapstick humor. I mean, everybody starts with slapstick humor when you're a kid. When you're a kid, slapstick humor is the is the quickest way to uh, to 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 have fun. Hmm. Right? You 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 call people names. That's slapstick. <laughs> kids have that. Kids kids have that kind of humor, and it's. It, it's, it's a, it's the first level, I think. If they find it funny, they'll develop it further. They'll, they'll make way. They'll find ways, or, or they're going to find ways to make fun of you. That's mm. how kids are. So that's that's how kids are creative. So one that's kid, level one. Yeah, one that's kid. kind of level one. Because one kid um, kept. Um, Kept shouting at me when I hosted a birthday party. He called me fat boy. Okay. And and, and I didn't budge. I mean, I, I'm used to getting called fat. 
<laughs> I'm used to getting fat. And he, and he, he, uh, he uh, upgraded to panda butt. He, okay. <laughs> he upgraded to panda butt. Yeah, you're, you, you panda butt. Wow, that's pretty clever. <laughs> But it doesn't work on me, kid. I'm not. <laughs> uh, it's not going to work on me. He ha- he he still made a, made a couple of more like something referring to a hippo. But yeah, kids get creative. Kids so is get it like creative. this comedy come in layers? Like what you consider level two and level three and the final level stage? I, the, I can't say if uh, there are like level levels, but the level of understanding, I guess, the level of understanding because kids. Kids make fun of anything. Sometimes you'll find kids, like a couple of kids, laughing at something that you would never, I never thought would be funny. Like a, uh, like a, like a, like a rock on the road, or can, a piece of gum. I can name find, a few adults who would laugh at that. Exactly. Uh, that that's a kid in them. <laughs> that's the that's the living kid. Yeah, and they're keeping the the inner kid alive. But yeah, I mean that's that's how kids have fun. And when you have that growing up, it's quicker to have fun. I mean, it's easier to have fun when you're in tune with your funny bone. Mm. It's, and it's not it's not it's not even about performing it for others. It's just about making fun of anything. And enjoying it, mm. because not everybody needs to be entertained. You yourself, you need to entertain. You need to know how to entertain yourself. And for me, being in tune with my funny fork or my funny bone, <laughs> it gives me gives me um, what do you call that? Uh, another area to or another skill to entertain myself with. <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely agree. And for me, self amusement is huge. That's why I started the show, like the Loki fields. I mean, the logo oh, yeah. says it all. <laughs> Loki. And I love Loki, and I love, I love, I love Thanos. I love Doctor Doom. But just there's something about the hero, like Deadpool specifically, or just picking on the hero the way that Loki or Deadpool does, like. That kind of humor, where it's like violative, and like they're already like losing their mind, or just they're so serious, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you're just being your comedic self, and also exploring ideas differently, going past yeah. your comfort zone, the edges, and it's like, is it comfortable now? <laughs> um, yeah, Deadpool, Deadpool does that a lot. Yeah, when Deadpool is with Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's losing his mind. <laughs> yeah. Whenever Deadpool tries to force himself into the X-Men, <laughs> that's always the case. <laughs> yeah, like Deadpool washing Spider-Man's dishes or uh, yeah, climbing on yeah. his back, and as they're climbing up the wall, Deadpool's like, "I wonder what the people will say if they saw this scene." And Spider-Man, not knowing, like, "What are you talking about?" So just comedic in that way. Interesting. Yeah. Also interesting. The levels that humor speaks to us, like differently, like we appreciate humor the same way we appreciate wine. It's very personal. It's very subjective, and I really love this conversation and where it's going. Wow, I'm glad so. you're entertained. 
is there any anything that's been helpful to you in learning this humor or the art of humor anyways like anything you want watching it's watching what people are inter- oh, I mean it's trying to observe how people are entertained mm, so getting uh, because, curious yeah uh, when when people are entertained by this kind of con- content I mean uh, sometimes I try to try to uh, dissect what's in there that makes it enjoyable mm, interesting so you actually pay attention to this yeah Nice. The kind so of language used, this? the kind of language used, the accent used, the um, the 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 tempo of the delivery, how fast it's delivered, or how slowed, or how slow the, uh, the 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 joke is delivered. It it all makes it, it all um, gives it a new flavor. Yeah, that that's what interests me. Like your your way with timing, your way with pace, your way with like yeah. delivering the punchline at the exact moment. So yeah, is this learn? Like, do you study humor? Like, do you study your own jokes? Like, do you study other oh. funny people? <laughs> How I try to study How? others. I guess I try to study others because, um, well, my jokes are based on my experience and I usually uh, there's it's always a hit or miss it's always a hit or miss because when I'm trying to entertain people I always try to look at their expressions are they are they intent on listening further do they want to do they want to hear the punchline mm. or or not uh, that's also how I guess people on stage do it because you're also facing the facing the audience mm. and you're observing your crowd you don't just deliver your lines or your content or material just because you have to uh, the crowd is the crowd is your monster and you have to feed it wow that, that a is a visual like you're you're a, you're you're a small soul in front of Cthulhu. You need to feed him with your life Jokes. lessons, or you die. Something like that. Yeah. Or you well you you die. <laughs> At least you die in, in 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 service of the god Cthulhu. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Something like that. I thought but you were yeah. gonna say like the crowd is like a girl and uh, you dance with her, or well, in a way, in a way, like, I like Cthulhu more. And <laughs> it's, are, it's darker <laughs> because it's women, darker. Women are darker. <laughs> darker. Women are darker. Mm-hmm. Are they? But yeah, I mean, I love your Tinder jokes or rants. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Oh man, I use use the corniest lines there. I use the corniest lines. Yeah, so can you share with the listeners, like maybe something cool you've learned about online dating? (laughs) I mean, in the way way you were sharing. Oh gosh. Hmm, all right. That's okay. Humor and uh, human wit on online dating. 
how you how, how to utilize humor and wit on online dating it's actually tough it's actually very tough because there's a lot of context lost context is lost online because you don't hear the person you don't see the person you don't see their eyes while your lines being delivered while your pickup lines <laughs> your pickup lines are just text and it's and it's up to them how how they interpret the uh, delivery right so for me that was tough because i i on my for your word my, for word version of it <laughs> on my account i my, the, the first line there was um if if covid-19 doesn't take you out can i That was that was my first line. <laughs> and the women surprised you when you were on these sites, didn't they? Also, some some respond to these some respond to these lines. So, that was that well, was surprising. Painful one. Oh. We want the painful ones, Zach. The what? Painful realizations that scarred oh, you. The painful realizations. The, millenn- oh. the millennial ones. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh yeah, here. Humor uh, like like I said earlier, humor is not a one-shot hit all thing, right? Mm. So, I'll, well, I'm technically a millennial. I'm technically a, a millennial. I'm still hanging on to that early 80s um margin, still hanging on to that. So I'm I'm technically a millennial. What comes next after millennials? I have uh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But 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 the people after Millennials, they have a different sense of humor, and whenever I talk to people online younger than me, I kind of, kind of, kind of try to uh, get on their level. Mm. You had these horror stories about sapiosexuals, like women who claim to be sapiosexuals. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Tell uh, us about that. <laughs> here's the thing: when I try to get on their level. <laughs> They talk. They talk about these things like uh, they're like old souls, you know, old souls. I like to travel and all that. And I am a sapiosexual. My gosh, sapiosexual. That kind of threw me off because at first I didn't. I never really. I never really took that seriously. Sapiosexual. What the hell? People in love with your brain? First, I. At first, I. I. I rode the wave. Of sapiosexual women out there. Okay, I, 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 let's let's try to let's try to let's try to show them what my brain what, what my brain is about. <laughs> Some of them don't need that. Can't even can't even spell sapiosexual right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Example, 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 example. Oh my gosh. Ah, this is this. Is. See, these are the experiences I try to bury that bury at least uh, six feet under because they're full of cringe. <laughs> It's very cringy. Sometimes, sometimes uh, um, people online say they've they've read these books. Like, um, I particularly read a lot of um, science fiction books, and uh, when somebody mentioned. Uh, Well, you know this Star Wars, right? You you know Star Wars. It's yeah. like, and for me, I'm an expanded universe guy. I'm the guy who collects the books, the comic books, and all that. And I know a lot of the backstories about characters. And most of these, most of these people online now, 
mean the the younger generation know Star Wars because of the last three movies. They don't know anything beyond that, or some of them do, but they don't have like really deep backgrounds about these characters. And when they start talking about、um, how special these characters are, and they ask me which which character from Star Wars is my favorite, which Jedi and all that. I always,、uh, I, I tell them my favorite character was、uh, Clone Commando, and they started asking, "Oh, where did these characters come from?" <laughs> okay, let me bring out the,、uh, let me bring out the big guns. So I start bringing out books. I started、um, copying links from YouTube to、uh, give them some background of these、uh, characters. Some of the,、uh, so、from from from. From Clone Wars, the TV series, I introduced them to a lot of other content, and they said, "Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that." <laughs> What? Okay, I thought I thought you liked Star Wars. Well, what's wrong? I'm 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 giving you more insight about you know, the universe、world. far, far away. Like, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. I'll I'll only like Ray. Okay. <laughs> Did they at least say why? Because she's a strong female character. After hearing that, okay, why don't okay, he, he, hear me out. I want to introduce you to Mary Jade. <laughs> I want to introduce you, Mary Jade, expanded universe's、uh, best female characters. She became Luke Skywalker's wife in this、uh, in this timeline and all that. Now I just want Ray. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay.、Oh, I, love, I love your accent. Kylo, <laughs> Kylo Ren is like the best Sith Lord. He's not even a Sith Lord. <laughs> no okay, way! You got、okay. that?、Okay. Like, Kylo Ren is not a Sith Lord. We can never date again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I just <laughs> died with that comment. Yeah, I've talked to girls like that. Kylo Ren is just—it's the best Sith Lord. Yes. Unmatch. Yes. Imagine that. Unmatch right away.、That. Exactly. Exactly. Imagine how I felt the moment I heard that. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. That cracked me up inside. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up inside, and it opened, you know, it opened wounds, wounds in the force. I can imagine. <laughs> like I can imagine all the Sith Lords just. Yeah, abergasted and shocked. I can imagine Xar Kun rolling under his grave. <laughs> Kylo、oh、Ren of all people. Kylo Ren. Okay. 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 Kylo Ren. Okay. Let me tell you about the Sith. <laughs> that's how. That's how it always begins. And、um, in what、Chewie. world is he the best? <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, I'm sorry. And Chewbacca and Chewbacca as 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 the 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 greatest pet in Star Wars history. They say that. Do they, they, they call Chewbacca pet? Yes, some of them did.、Um, if I could,、okay. if I could only reach through my phone and strangle them, I would have. You correct them, or did you say something like, "What's your answer <laughs>、okay. to such things?" Okay. First of all, Chewbacca is way older than Han Solo. <laughs> he's he, he's done so many things before he met Han Solo. Actually, Han Solo. Basically, the pet. <laughs>、uh, 
So it's 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 a uh, it's, it's a crazy it's a crazy world of online dating when they try to be nerdy. I've seen and now I cannot unsee this. Like I'm seeing Chewbacca as a Tamagotchi. Yeah. And just like he's a, he's he's here. a psychic, but he's not a pet. Right? I mean, well, maybe he's super fluffy, and they're like, oh, I know. Chewbacca, he's not a Pokemon. <laughs> he is not a Pokemon. <laughs> These are the girls who grew up with Pokemon and Digimon. I grew up with Pokemon. Yeah, but you know the difference. Yes. <laughs> you don't summon Chewbacca off a Pokeball. <laughs> I Chewbacca, I choose throw, you. I would try to throw a ball at Chewbacca and be like, <laughs> Chewbacca, <laughs> use bowcaster. Oh God, that's oh, God. so funny. Uh, you don't know like the episodes where he's killed people. Oh yeah, what he's torn heck? people apart. Yes, he's a <laughs> fluffiest but alive. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's, it's a crazy world of people who want to be geeks but well, end up being dorks. That is, like they think that. Uh, they say that it's sexy. Well, it's the it's the in it's the in culture now. Hmm. Like back in the nineties, the geeks, nerds, and dorks were bullied. And now they're yeah. the millionaires. Now, now, now they're <laughs> they're ruling the industry. They're ruling the world. So everybody wants a piece of that nerdy pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everybody's are... trying to be. <laughs> what are the women doing? They're just trying to be like in the in crowd. Yeah, because the nerds are rich. The nerds get to buy crazy expensive collections of different stuff they Star know Wars. yeah not, life not mean, imagine just just imagine the collecting all those action figures and how much they cost hmm. and uh yeah for 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 some girls they think yeah i call them girls they're not women for some for some for some girls they think that's a, that's an easy way to have a rich boyfriend well, but when I'm girls, one day, I'm gonna get life-size Iron Man and all the superheroes. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna get a life-size Death Star. <laughs> nice. One is to one. One that works. And if anyone one ever, that, yes, if anyone ever works. says that the word Kylo Ren and Sith in the same sentence, just shoot them. <laughs> Activate the laser. <laughs> exactly. I mean. Uh, Everybody, everybody's into the bandwagon. Mm. Very few people, like for example, know Kreia, and I love the way you do Kreia and Kreia's wisdom. Did you do yeah, like a few lines? <laughs> <laughs> no, for the listeners, for the listeners who are not yet enlightened, just like lines. Some wisdom. Oh wait, let me let me let me let me let me get one of those Kreia's uh, Kreia quotes. Because you know how you know how Kreia is. She's like the ultimate. Well, she's not great. She's not a great Jedi. Mm. She was a Sith and then a Jedi, and she was a Jedi and then a Sith and then a Jedi. She's just had it all. <laughs> mm. And she's neither. She's, also, she calls oh, yeah, she identified also as neither and as both, yeah. and as left and as right. It's amazing. Oh yeah, these are some of the best lines. It is such a quiet thing to fall, but far more terrible is to admit it. Mmm, that that's so heavy. Mm. Here's one. Know know that there was once a Darth Treya, and that she cast aside that role, was exiled, and found a new purpose. But there must always be a Darth Treya, one that holds the knowledge of betrayal. Who has 
been betrayed in their heart and will betray in turn. Oh, oh that is deep. Ah, that was so deep. That it's was dark. so deep. I know. It's like the cycle never ends. It will never end. Actually, I, 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 that's why I love that character because with with her philosophy, you can you can make brand new Star Wars stories. You can always make new brand new Star Wars stories from her philosophy. It's almost a synthesis. Like, is there anything she talks about, like the good and evil? Like, is there? Do you have any quotes of that? Mm. Mm. Because she talks about it in a way that no one else cares. Uh, there's one. There's one here. To believe in an ideal is to be willing to betray it. It is something no Sith or Jedi has ever truly learned. Mmm, that hits both sides. Oh, that hits both sides. Oh. Oh, not to love is no crime. Also, the Jedi believe it is their code that kills life. Their adherence to the will of the Force. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. There's plenty of material here. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love her because like the good guys are so like frigid. Like they're so stuck in yeah. order. She has she has dark humor. She's is she the only one? I just I'm trying to She she has I mean in in, in, in her um all of her lines have dark humor in it. Because it, it it kind of makes fun of how the Jedi and Sith exist. Mm. She's she's there to mock their <laughs> mock their uh, ways. I exist to mock everybody's ways. <laughs> I Kreia, I Kreia, whatever. But that's that's how she is. <laughs> she enjoy picking on people. I think she sort of like has this slight. Enjoyment or takes pleasure in. Oh, she does. She does. She does. She does. She yeah, does. I was wondering about that. Like, does she enjoy like poking people, or, like pushing people's buttons, or everything's? I believe for her, everything's an experiment. Oh, I relate to her so much now. More, so much <clears throat> more. I think the the early Kreia was full of experiments, and she and she tried to manipulate everybody into you know, making the responses she she wanted oh yeah. yeah that's totally you that's totally you <laughs> i can relate i can relate Kriya. <laughs> yeah that's All totally you in seduction you're the you're the pokemon with only one skill provoke <laughs> that's provoke and it's always effective <laughs> i was curious if she enjoyed it or it's just like she didn't even oh yeah she yeah, she enjoys it hmm. because it was in a way she knows what happens next. She knows what's happening, what's going to happen next, and pro and in a way she's she's trying to confirm how the force works. How did she get from old Kreia to like the new Kreia? Power, knowledge, and then losing it all, the, gaining it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's about gaining it all. Yeah, because I never quite understood like what shifted from her to go from like old Korea to just feeling that like whether you're good or bad, it doesn't make difference. After, after being so powerful, 
that she um, she kind of forgot how Sith does things. She got she got she got attacked by her apprentices, mm-hmm. and after being cast down from being one of the most powerful uh, Sith lords, she realized a lot of stuff that the path of the Jedi and the path of the Sith. Uh, they're both flawed because hmm. she discarded she... her ego. Like I love that yeah. about like the self-deprecating humor, the self-inquiry, yeah. <laughs> and the willingness to admit that she's wrong or that something an ideal that she believed in was wrong. Like both ideals that she tried out were wrong, and there was maybe there might not even be a right answer. And she's open to exploring those truths that people would shy away or back away from. Yeah, she she gives people options. Mm. She offers think... options. I think that's one of the things I was I was trying to get at. The old Kraya limited options. She tried to control uh, and manipulate everything. Yeah. When you are living in fear, you try to control and limit options. And just you're like everyone. The world is you know. It's better for me to make your decision for you and give you the illusion of choice rather than give you actual choice. And then when she gained ultimate yeah. power, something shifted, and she started giving that back. She started giving back the power of choice. And I think that's also one way to look at people who use humor, because when you want to elicit laughter, you want to elicit this type of reaction, you are going to do anything to make your audience or crowd laugh. Okay. You'll do anything, and sometimes your jokes may end up causing uh, more damage. Like, uh, you're familiar with some stand-up comedians that really poke at the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And make fun of the crowd, right? I'm not that kind of guy. I that's why I make fun of myself. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I don't want uh, I don't want people to have fun at the expense of someone else. Mm. I'd rather it be me, because I know how I'd react. I know I can control how I react. But um, you know, the power, the hunger for that reaction. The hunger for recognition, uh, the, the power, ah. the hunger for laughter, kind of, kind of makes people do a lot of unnecessary comedy. That's one way. Uh, that's one way, or that's one angle I see it from. Just like Kreia, she realized that you know your efforts, if 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 used on a, <clears throat> sorry, if if your your efforts are. Um, Used towards a, a specific end, and uh, you don't understand uh, how it works. It's it's gonna it's gonna end flat. It's gonna fall flat. It's gonna if 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 you're really you know, trying to please everyone, something like that. But a lot of comedians out there, really effective comedians, they're not there for for laughs. Mm-hmm. It's a hit or miss, but they do it anyway because that's what they do. They just want to entertain, whether you laugh or not. They did mm. what they want to. It's 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 their material. It doesn't matter. Like uh, yeah, canned laughter <laughs> or, or something like this is this is specific uh, emotion. Yeah, forced laughter because mm. and that's that's also how the force works. That's also how the force works because it's something you manipulate and it's something you make people feel. Meditation. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Instead so either of- you use either you use really bad jokes and um, come out as a bad kind of comedian, or make good clean jokes and have really good clean laughter. There's a type of responsibility there as well. Mm. I think it's almost like Jedi. There's the clean 
clean Jedi jokes and then there's the Sith jokes where it's at the expense of another. And then yeah. there's that philosophy of it's almost like raping a girl where oh, gosh. you have to, yeah, I'm serious, okay. I'm, I'm being serious. Okay. Like you have to have their consent. Otherwise, even if it's pleasurable, it still doesn't feel right. I learned this in social dynamics and also like as marketers, you play a lot with almost like you're the Wizard of Oz and you're creating all of these amazing stage magic. You're giving people the illusion. Like I compare it to if I was in the Matrix and I was giving you the choice between the red pill and the blue pill, like if I was ever Morpheus, I would actually make your choice beforehand. Both pills would be the same exact pill, just packaged differently. <laughs> they do the exact same thing. <laughs> And there's actually, there's actually a third choice, choosing not to take okay. either of the pills. So, oh. realizing later in life that you don't always have to force things or just manipulate things. It's sometimes nicer for you to just see what people do, even if it's different than how you want it. Like how Kreia probably envisioned life would have been much more peaceful. Like when you're mm. purely a dictatorship, when you're pure dictatorship, it's so lawfully, it's so orderly. And it's why I think Dr. No Drew, <laughs> yeah, but I, it's, it's not even about fun, it's just safer and everything, but it's just different. Yeah. There's no growth, yeah. there's no color, there's no surprise. That's and true, it, that's true. Life loses magic. So for the people who are doing like these mani manipulations, at first it can be fun. And then you just start to search for more. You're doing it at your own expense. So if you know the conversation, how it's going to end and you structure it a certain way, like for example, in seduction, and you're mm. trying to get into a girl's pants and you already know how to do it, like what what words to say, how to escalate, what buttons like to, uh, buttons to press. It's it's fun. I mean, it's still it's still interesting to have that background and that insight into human nature. But just to make it more of a dance versus this ping pong, playing ping pong by yourself, <laughs> playing chess by yourself. It's horrible. ping pong by yourself. Ah, uh, ping pong, ping pong. <laughs> there are people who play ping pong by themselves and chess by themselves. I know. It's really, really... It's a skill. It's a skill though. It's a skill. But for how long? Is it a sustainable skill? <laughs> it's a special skill. I get your point. It's a dance. I don't know how to dance though, but I, I get I get the point. Mm -hmm. I, I, I nearly failed the class back in college. <laughs> Which class? Uh, ballroom dancing. Ballroom dancing for college. Because I wasn't into sports, I had to choose a, another another physical education subject. I nearly failed because I exited the wrong side of the stage. Okay. <laughs> My dance partner was dragging me towards the other end. Wow. But because we were closer to the other end, I exited that way. But you passed. <laughs> you ended up passing. Yeah. I okay. had to beg. Yeah, I had to beg. Did you use comedy <laughs> humor or was this pure begging? Oh, it was pure begging. It was pure <laughs> drama. <laughs> it was pure drama there. And, and it was so tear, cringy. Tear down the left cheek. Tear down like, the left cheek. Just just go, just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I annoyed her too much to say yes. Mm. Okay, really cool. And really cool <laughs> insight and discussion, especially the Star Wars. I'm really geeky so this conversation is so delightful in so many ways star wars but, is a um, lot of uh, star wars is a lot of comedic characters and so the millennial women characters. how they talked about star wars will haunt me tonight but i know <clears throat> it, it and it's still haunting me it's still haunting me i wake up <laughs> at night so funny. 
I still wake up at night hearing uh, that woman say Kylo Ren is the best Sith Lord. Um, I, I'm gonna make a shirt with that there with that written on it. Uh, I can just I, I have no words for that. <laughs> Are there any other funny ones? I'm sorry, this is so comedic in a juicy <clears throat> way. In Star Wars? No, no, for like the girls with geeky references. That's oh. horribly painful and amusing at the same time. Uh, there was this one sapiosexual here that I asked. Well, she, 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 I asked her what she wanted to talk about. And she replied with, you know, go with whatever. I mean, all right. So what do you think about the current state of our government? And how do you think can we um, veer off this, uh, veer off from this uh, direction we are kind of going towards? Hmm. I didn't get a reply. Oh, the question was deep. Well, she asked, I mean, she, she told me go for anything. Was there any like Avengers or DC one? Like I can imagine Iron Man or something funny along those lines. Okay. Was I, that I sometimes I'm so, I sometimes ask for their favorite um, superheroes, right? Okay. And it's always Wonder Woman. Okay. It's always Wonder Woman. Are the answers and, all the same of why? It's and the answers all the same because she's a, she's she's a badass woman, carries a sword, and 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 that really triggers me, because for me. If somebody answered Scarlet Witch, and that would be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> if somebody answered uh, uh, Mantis, that would be an interesting conversation. <laughs> or if, if someone answered Gamora, then that would be a very interesting conversation. But Wonder Woman? Well, they could okay. have had a different answer. But it would be funny if you'd be like, let me guess the reason. She's a strong independent <laughs> I actually did that. I actually did that. And then what the I girl say? Oh, wow. Okay. Your mind reader. <laughs> almost, almost, almost the same effect. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing with being sapiosexual. I mean, this is what I told one one. Um, if you want a sapiosexual conversation, be prepared to dish out a sapiosexual level. Of conversation because if you're just expecting a sapiosexual expecting someone to converse with you you have to be able to throw something back yeah and i tell my friends who, who who usually put i love sapiosexuals on their profiles i tell them okay uh, you 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 want a sapiosexual i mean i mean um sapiosexual Wait, are these guy friends or are these girlfriends girlfriends okay I, I tell them, okay, if, if you want to save a sexual guy, make sure, just make sure, exchange ideas with with him. Because safety sexuals, safety sexuals that I know, I am not. I mean, other I mean, safety sexuals that, that I know, real safety sexuals that I know, uh, really don't care about the looks. Mm. Like, really don't care about the looks. But one thing that they do is really dissect people's brains. And it's scary because they, in a way, these sapiosexual friends of mine, they try to break down your personality. They mm -hmm. break down all of your ideas and they categorize you. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Because after breaking you down, they put you in a box and they classify you. And that's scary because once they, once they have this notion of, okay, oh, this dude's like this. 
this this person's like this. They already lock you down. No amount of um, conversation can change the way they think about you. And that's scary for me because, you know, I know how dynamic life is. <laughs> I know people change. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's kind of scary. I don't know why. I don't know why they want to dissect people like that. Because probably because of control. They want, they want to have control of the situation. And when you know how to interpret a person's mind, you have the capability or you have the, uh, um, you think you have the capacity to, pre to, 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 to predict what they're about to do. And with prediction comes, you know, power, right? Well, sometimes it's just hardwiring, like how you like ice cream or how you like sugar. You just can't help but do that. And there is well, a way one. to change their minds. Because well, that's one. I'm secretly a sexual. <laughs> I well, did not say this. There's a difference. There's a difference there. There's a difference there. Mm, with there are with yours, things. yeah. With yours, it's 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 more of a personality thing. I mean, it's 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 more about understanding a person. It's more about how to trigger a person. That's from your end. For the other people that I know, it's categorizing you to box you in well when i was 18 19 i probably did that like box everyone in i'm like here mm -hmm. box for you box for you box yeah but you I, but you realize right you realize yeah, later down that. Light, like the similar in a similar way that kriya did just like you can't box people in because life is dynamic we are dynamic yeah. humans are unpredictable creatures yeah you can box exactly. everything in ai would work exactly and the, the more mental processes you put into trying to predict people, the more time you waste, mm. I guess. It's, it's just you know, understanding the probability of what they're about to do or you know, understanding why they are probably going to do that, but not exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, and to just limit your thinking to like, this is all that they can ever be. And, yeah, and, and that, yeah, that's exactly. an unlearning. That's an unlearning yeah. for anyone who's... Yes. Or just anyone who's into power or getting unfair advantages or just getting like, you know, those like deeper, darker powers. It's not that impressive. And what's impressive is actually the simple things. Like you'd be surprised, like the higher up you go and the more you see, the more you appreciate everything. Like even the yes. nuances of conversation, tonality, just everything. Yeah. And that's where real humor comes in. Because when you're aware of everything, if you're aware, if you have the sixth sense, if you're in tune with everyone, or at least the majority of your crowd, you know how you know what makes them tick. Mm. You know what specific triggers that would make them laugh. That's a that's a whole new level of understanding. It's it's being aware. That's that's Ooh. one major that's one major aspect of humor. Yeah, I love that. Like, I love you mentioning awareness. Like sometimes, you know, we we've all have we all have this friend who's not really connected with with how the world works, and sometimes they try to be funny and always falls flat. They they don't understand how the world works. But when you listen to stand up comedians who talk about their life experiences and relate it to what you've experienced, it gives them you know street cred. And it gives them it gives them connection. It's being aware of what you know, or what your crowd feels. 
creates bridges that are very useful for a human. Yeah, I love that. And it's crazy. Like, few people know that I used to teach dating. And in the past, mm -hmm. I would teach like tactics, techniques, tricks. And recently, it's just been more of teaching them how to be aware. Like, I call it calibration. So there's so much power in being present in the moment and taking what the other person says and going with that, playing with that. The best way to seduce a girl is seducing her the way she wants to be seduced. How do you find that out? By actually oh. being there instead oh. of being your head. And that's a crazy trick, technique, tip, like whatever you want to call it. Being there, wow. being present. I'm learning here. I'm learning here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's really simple. Like, it's crazy. With women, women are very emotional creatures. And once you make women feel good, that colors the lens of the reality they view things in and their, their decisions. So if you can make a girl laugh, you can make her do anything. But in order for you to actually make that, like, workable, like, not just, you know, like, ha-ha laugh, like, laugh as in she just can't get enough of your presence, she can't get enough of you, you have to be aware enough her charges, to her nuances, to the way her eyes glaze up when you mention a certain thing or mention a certain topic. Mm. So what's mm. sexy to you might not be sexy to her. But if you're able to be present and seduce her in that present moment, you'd be surprised like by what comes up. Wow. This is why I prefer meeting than, you know, just talking online. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. There's a different layer. But this works also with creating friendships. Like awareness is a rare trait in this day and age, especially how everyone just wants things instantly and they want to be heard or they, they're they jumping to the next conversation and they didn't even like hear or listen to what you're, a word you're saying. And we need That's more true. of that. We need more awareness. We need more real conversations. We need more depth. Like... Give it to us deep. Everything's so shallow. <laughs> okay, okay. It's about being sensitive, right? It's about it's about sensitivity. Yeah, I think, in a, in a way, yeah. So a really interesting conversation. We could talk about this forever, but just to wrap yeah, up. I guess. And yeah. before we wrap up, I always ask three questions of everyone who comes on. So. Okay. Question number one is, in a perfect reality, perfect world, what would that perfect day look like? Perfect day would be five very full, uh, five charged batteries, one camera, and well, I think a wallet full of thousand pills. <laughs> Anywhere, Anywhere in the world? Yeah. Would you prefer Anywhere. like... Somewhere you didn't understand the language, or somewhere you did understand the language. I don't care. I mean, just lo I, as long as I have my camera with me, hmm. I can really lose myself in the environment. So when you said five, I thought you were going to say five women. I was no, surprised. Five batteries. Five batteries. Five, five batteries. Okay. <laughs> Isn't yeah. there any women in this perfect reality, perfect world? For me? Yeah, like one? I don't think so. I don't think so. Wow. I'm gonna remove from already, the protection. <laughs> I've, I've I've already no no, I've already um I'm a realist. 
I'm a realist, so um, these things. Uh, I don't have a, I don't have a perfect type, but mm. I'd rather be the perfect type for someone else. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Because I know I, I. It's it's hard to it's hard to find the perfect type. <laughs> interesting. An interesting answer. So question number two is, what deep dark fantasy keeps you up at night? Whoa. Maybe, in a way, because when it keeps if it keeps me up at night, that means it's kind of you know serious, like dark and serious. I had this recurring dream of making punishing everyone who did me wrong. <laughs> okay, so like more because because I'm a bullied I'm a bullied kid. I mean, I was bullied for a very long time, <clears throat> and even growing up. I mean, e- even in the professional um, um, environment, I didn't really. I, I don't really have that um, personality to really stand up and you know push back. I don't. <laughs> I don't have that. And there was this time when I was working somewhere that. Uh, most of the people there were really, really, really abrasive. Kind of had this dream of torturing them all. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm getting back the into darkest, that mental space. That was the darkest, that was the darkest uh, answer I've ever heard on this show. Let me step back a bit because I was kind of on the edge already. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's, 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 it's like that. It's, it's, I like that. It's that. And I'll help you. Yeah. I'll help you with this. Uh, Deep dark fantasy. Okay, so question number three is, what's your guilty pleasure? K-pop. Oh, what? I never. I could. I can. I can't see you as a K-pop person. I never. I am. I, I am a K-pop person. Okay. I'm like. I'm like one of the. Lim, I'm, I'm like one of the. Uh, there's a. There's a small pocket of, of, big big ass men, who wear black all the time. Who dances to K-pop tunes? I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> yeah, uh, I used to really pick on K-pop people, but now um, <laughs> yeah. do you understand what you're listening to at least? Well, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. I make it a point there are to, people uh, who just repeat the K-pop songs. I know, I know. What it's about? I'm, 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 I'm all. all I'm a connoisseur, so I don't just I don't just listen to the music. I, I'm sorry, I, I just imagined I, you as just like uh, not knowing the lyrics, <laughs> but you're just <laughs> bopping your head and dancing along like it's my guilty pleasure. Okay. Oh yeah, if you've, if you've seen me inside the train, I'd I'd be the uh, I'd look like I was listening to heavy metal music, but uh, I'm actually listening listening to K-pop. Okay. <laughs> That is surprising. What is it about K-pop? Like, did you suddenly listen to it and liked it, or how did you? I choose artists or groups that really sing well, because I like I like listening to real vocals, not just okay. uh, digitally not mixed. Okay. Not just the dancing and all that. I prefer really strong vocals. So for me, when I listen to K-pop, I really choose specific groups or artists and listen to them intently 
because I and I listen to them live. I try to listen to them live on online concerts and all that because I want to really experience the uh, the raw vocals. Not a lot of uh, K-pop artists have the capacity to perform really raw. raw. So really cool having you on the show, Zach. And thank you, thank you. Yeah, this was fun.